Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about women's football and speak to three-time African Player of the Year, Asisat Oshuala of Nigeria. We get our views on whether women's football is progressing in Africa, and we ask why she decided to move from England to play in China. If I'm happy where I am, for me it's not about the money, it's not just about the pay, it's not about the fee. It's about me, it's about my family, it's about how I feel, it's about how my family feels, it's about how my career feels. So I think I'm happy where I am and I'm glad I made the decision. Also former England under-21 international Saido Berahino has been cleared to play for Burundi. We ask if this was a good move. And it's a brand new English Premier League season. We have lots of predictions as to who will be the champions. But first, Egypt legend SM Al Hadri has retired from international football. The Pharaohs goalkeeper became the oldest player ever to feature at a World Cup in Russia this year at the age of 45. El Hadri won the Africa Cup of Nations four times. His career spanned 22 years with 159 appearances. This year's World Cup, he saved a penalty in the Pharaohs game against Saudi Arabia, although Egypt did lose that match 2-1. So what a legend. His international career has come to a close. That's SM Al-Hadri of Egypt. Now the FIFA Under-20 Women's World Cup is on in France with 16 teams taking part and two African countries. That's Nigeria and Ghana. It's the ninth edition of the tournament. Germany and the USA have won it three times. North Korea have won the other two editions. They're the defending champions, having won it in 2016. Now, Nigeria were runners-up in 2014, losing 1-0 to Germany in the final in extra time. And Nigeria also lost to Germany in the 2010 final. It was 2-0 that time. Well, Nigeria have been to all nine editions of the tournament. Ghana are there for a fifth time, but have never got beyond the group stage. And it's the same story this time for Ghana. They're out already. Their 4-0 defeat to the Netherlands on Wednesday followed a 4-1 loss to France. So even if they beat New Zealand on Sunday, Ghana can't finish in the top two in their group. Well, Nigeria suffered a 1-0 defeat to Germany in their opening match, but then managed to beat Haiti. So they're still in it, but they do need a positive result against China on Monday in what is no doubt the group of death. So we'll see how Nigeria do this time, but overall they have a good record at the Under-20 Women's World Cup when they were runners-up in 2014 as Sisat Oshuala was named the player of the tournament. She was also the top goalscorer with seven goals. The same year she was player of the tournament as Nigeria won the Women's Africa Cup of Nations. Asisat then moved from Nigeria to the Liverpool Ladies in England and won the BBC Women's Footballer of the Year award. And she's been the African Women's Player of the Year three times. Asisat then went to the Arsenal Ladies the following season. She's now playing in China with Dalian Kunjian and she was the 2017 top scorer in the Chinese Super League for women. Now, when Nigeria were in the Gambia for a Women's Africa Cup of Nations qualifier, John Mendy met up with Asisat and asked why she decided to move to China. 
Uh, well, for me, it's not about playing in the big clubs. It's about the welfare, you know, it's about how you feel as a player. I have played two years in Europe. I mean, I don't feel like I'm a professional footballer. Talking about the environment, talking about the qualities of stuff so I see around me, it's not about playing the game alone. A lot of things come with the game. It's my job um, and I have to be happy. And for me, I take pleasure every minute I do my job. So if I'm not happy doing something somewhere, I just have to move on. So I just decided to try something else. The Chinese government is pumping a whole lot of money into their sports development. And I've seen a lot of uh, male players moving from Europe to uh, China. Is that really the case with you? Are you also moved by the money heading to China? Uh, for me, if anyone says about the money, then I mean, then so be it. I mean, it's your job. It has to pay you. If you're not happy doing your job, then I don't think you have to give you 100%. But if I'm happy where I am, for me, it's not about the money. It's not just about the pay. It's not about the fee. It's about me. It's about my family. It's about how I feel. It's about how my family feels. It's about how my career feels. So I think I'm happy where I am, and I'm glad I made the decision. How does it feel like playing in China? Very good, interesting, good place to play. I mean, new environment, new culture, you get to interact, start a new life with people quite different from the life in Europe, obviously, but you just have to enjoy the moment and make the best out of it. The, the first round was kind of shaky, but then I tried to push myself and then get into the rhythm with the league and then I got to know more about the league and the players there and all that. So I settled in towards the second half of the season last year and then it was it was a good time, it was good. I got in love, goals, came out top scorer. It's not just an, uh, an overnight walk, it was something that took process so I think it was a good time last year. So how is your family supporting you back home in this journey? Uh, definitely 100%. My, my family are happy. I'm, I'm going enough to make my own decisions to tell people this is what I want to do. They have no choice other than to support me. I mean, I take my decisions. I talk to them obviously before taking any decision. But then again, they just have to support me. And to, whatever will make me happy actually, they are ready to support me. Let's look deep into women's football in Africa. Would you say, you know, the game is progressing? Uh, well, for me, to be honest with you, the game is progressing. You see lower teams catching up. A very good example is uh, the Gambia. You see small teams catching up with the big teams for just one reason, because I don't think we have enough companies or enough attention from the federation ready to invest in female football. I think that's just the thing lacking now. And, but when it comes to the passion, you have players that are ready to give hope. But I just don't think the, the right support is being given to all the female national teams right now. If you have one moment to change the face of women's football in Africa, what would it be? Uh, for me, I think uh, I'll start from the media part because it's how much you give to them is how much they give to you back. I mean, the media for now is getting better. It used to be very poor. I think now it's better. These are the things the companies will see that will actually uh, encourage them to invest more in female football. So for me, I think the media work needs to go extra mile more. If it's not too much, I mean just a little bit much more than the way they've been actually supporting female football. So that's the three-time African Women's Player of the Year, Asisat Oshuala of Nigeria, speaking to John Mendy. Uh, So, Solomon, 2014 was a very exciting year for women's football in Africa with the emergence of Asisat. She says women's football is progressing in Africa. Would you agree? I would partially agree with that because I'm a big believer in women's football. I would love to see women's football doing much more than it is right now. 
I would love to see bigger crowds, you know, going out to watch women's football. When South Africa played Sweden, who was ranked 10th in the world now, a couple of months ago, you know, there was about 12,000 strong crowd. And that was the biggest crowd ever to watch women's football in South Africa. So that was good. And we would love to see a lot of more corporate investment in women's football. Uh, South Africa has a lot of uh, investment, you know, on oil companies, hustle sponsors, women football. But if you go to other countries like the Gambia, who has been doing well, Equatorial Guinea, they get a lot of funding from the government. Nigeria, the same thing. But we have to move to a place where we get so much funding from the corporate investment. That way, you know, players' welfare will be taken care of. The league would be built in a way that it will keep uh, some of the players um in the country for, for, for a while because the league will be run more professionally. If you don't have the money, the league wouldn't be run professionally and you would not be able to sustain and develop some of the players and also identify you know, young girls that would love to play football. It would be a demotivation for them to want to get involved in football. Even their parents would not want to encourage them. And, and we, you know, we need to see more friendly games being organized for uh, women's national team across Africa, which is something that is totally totally lacking we don't see quite a lot of that except for countries like south africa obviously uh, get to play some of their uh, southern africa counterparts but in west africa or east africa kenya uganda we don't we don't really see that uh, so partially i agreed with with her because we've seen our women's football uh, you know doing well we've seen african players going to the u.s china and europe and doing well we've seen our women's team from Africa going to the World Cup and the age group FIFA tournaments and doing well. You know, the more we build the, the local team and concentrate and build, developing female football, then the, the better is going to be. Yes, and uh, earlier this year we talked about the qualifiers for the Africa Women's Cup of Nations, the finals on later this year. Only 24 teams took part in the Africa Women's Cup of Nations qualifiers of the 54 nations uh, in the Confederation of African Football. Uh, So more than half of the countries in Africa didn't enter the qualifiers. And uh, what about female African football superstars, Solomon? Uh, going back over the years, we had Mercy Akide of Nigeria, 2001 African Women's Player of the Year. We had uh, Ajoa Bayor of Ghana. Uh, she was instrumental in developing the game in Ghana. Perpetua Nkwacha of Nigeria. She was four times African Women's Player of the Year. And then Asisat Oshwala emerging in 2014, winning three African Women's Player of the Year awards. But then we haven't seen another player in the mould of Asisat emerging since then, have we? No, we we totally haven't seen any. I'm just thinking, you know, up my head to remember, uh, you know, if there has been any revelation since Asisat Oshuala's, uh, you know, emergence. You know, and I believe strongly, Steve, that there are a lot of Asisats out there. And I think it's just the opportunity. Some of them, we lose them when they're around 16, 17. They don't have the motivation to uh, play anymore because of what they feel is, uh, you know, football doesn't, wouldn't really offer them a better part to life compared to education. And, and, and parents would love them to get educated first. That way, you know, we've lost quite a lot of them and some of them we, we lose them because they, they don't get to, uh, to, to play for good clubs. A lot of countries don't have professional clubs. You know, I feel only a handful of African countries have 
Women's Football League. And Nasisa has done well, you know, playing for Liverpool ladies and Arsenal ladies before moving to Dijian in China. Uh, and I feel she's an inspiration and that would motivate a lot of young girls to get involved and commit, to, and commit themselves into uh, women's football. Yes, sure. No doubt the talent is there. And uh, Asisat Oshwala says in that interview that the media in Africa still needs to improve the coverage of women's football. The media has a huge role to play in in Africa, you know, when it comes to improving the coverage of women's football. Uh, We tend to relegate women's football, but we're beginning to see women really doing well and improving their game and playing uh, attractive football, football that football fans generally would enjoy. And I feel if we could give it more coverage, I agree with her, that would go a long way in really convincing the fans that women's football is worth uh, paying to go and watch it's, it's worth supporting and uh, that would also encourage a lot of corporate sponsors and businesses there needs to be coverage on radio and television there needs to be interviews with some of these great players there needs to be uh, you know live games being broadcast and that way we're going to uh, to see that the game in itself needs exposure Yes, uh, thanks, Solomon. A bit of a challenge there about uh, how women's football is covered in Africa. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programs too in our archive. You can also listen on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Now, coming up, your predictions on who you think will win the English Premier League. But uh, before that, uh, last week we were talking about players who have a choice of which country to play for and how those who are eligible to play for a European nation and an African nation perhaps only choose the African country as a last resort. Well, former England under-21 international Saido Berahino has been cleared to play for Burundi. The Stoke City forward, who's also played for West Brom, has 47 England caps from under-16 to under-21 level. Uh, FIFA gave 25-year-old Berahino the go-ahead to play for the country of his birth after the English FA confirmed that Berahino has not played for them at competitive level. He can now play in Burundi's 2019 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers, which continue next month. The FIFA rules are that once you played for a national team at senior level in a non-friendly match, you can't switch nationality. So, Stuart, Berahino's opted for Burundi, and his story of how he got to England from Burundi is quite extraordinary. Said Berahino was born in Butumbura, capital of Burundi, His father was killed in 1997 during the Civil War, and he then travelled to England alone, aged 10, to flee from the war, to join up with his mother, brothers and sisters, who had been granted asylum in the UK. Initially, he couldn't locate them and was put in a care home, but eventually was reunited with his mother, Lillian. He played for England at six age groups, from under-16 to under-21, as you say, Steve, 47 times, and scored an impressive 24 goals. He signed for West Brom as a professional at 17, but took about four years to establish himself. But then he did score the winning goal against Manchester United and was rewarded with a three-year contract. 
In season 2014-15, he scored 14 league goals, 20 in all competitions, and was being talked about as a future England international. Uh, And Tottenham offered big money for him. But suddenly it all went wrong. When West Brom turned down all the approaches by Tottenham, Berahino said on social media that he would never play for West Brom again under present management and also threatened to go on strike. Eventually something was sorted out and he played for West Brom again. Tony Pulis, who was the manager of West Brom at the time, said of him, he's a smashing lad but lets himself down at times. He was then transferred from West Brom to Stoke City, but that didn't do much for his career and they were relegated. Now, he scored for West Brom against Crystal Palace on the 27th of February 2016. Nothing surprising about that. He is a goal scorer. But amazingly, he has not scored since. In one game for West Brom against Watford, he took two penalties, missed both. He also missed a penalty for Stoke. So the man who got 20 goals in one season has now gone two years without scoring at all. Only he knows the reasons for choosing Burundi over England, but in reality he's not even on the radar of England at the moment. He's a player with great talent, but who I feel his temperament seems to let him down constantly. Thanks, Stuart. So Burundi, a better option for Saido Berahino. Let's hope that his goal drought will end soon. Well, now we turn to social media here on Planet Sport Football Africa. This weekend sees the start of a brand new English Premier League season. So will Manchester City run away with the title again? Can the likes of Liverpool and Manchester United challenge them? Who do you think will be the English Premier League champions was our question last week. And not surprisingly, we've had a huge response, so we'll get through as many as possible. But sorry if we don't get to read yours out. On Facebook first, and Abu Bakr Olari Waju Marvelous in Nigeria says Man City have all it takes to win the league again, but it's not going to be an easy task for them, judging by the calibre of players signed by other teams so far. Lamine Cham is in the Gambia. Lamine says if Man United's coach Mourinho stops the differences between the players, such as giving more playing time to Fellaini over Juan Mata, as he did last season, the EPL title will be celebrated at Old Trafford, says Lamine. Meanwhile, Jaturu Kalajula Jobate, also in the Gambia, says I'm going for Liverpool. They have a good team with Salah, Mane and others. On WhatsApp, Clement in Ghana agrees, saying, I think Liverpool will claim the title. With the fact that Alisson has been brought in as goalkeeper, this will fortify the team, says Clement. Lepius in Malawi also agrees, saying Liverpool will win the title. They're playing classic football and the squad is very good. And I'm a Chelsea fan, says Lepius. Another supporting Liverpool is Balong Baji in the Gambia. With the likes of Salah and Mane, who are never nervous, alongside the new signings, it all says Liverpool are going to win the title this year, says Balong. To Kenya and Dan Ogega also believes the title is heading to Anfield. I feel Liverpool stand a better chance compared to the rest, given the signings they've made so far, says Dan. They've strengthened their weak links. It'll be hard for Man City to stage a similar performance to last season now, given that teams have studied their playing style. Also, they've only made a few additions, which is a bad idea for a team defending the title, says Dan. 
But Mwinga Mainbalwa in Zambia gives his vote to the reigning champions. It looks like Manchester City will win the league yet again, says Mwinga. They haven't lost steam and they seem to be complete in all departments. Sarogu Jaju in the Gambia agrees, saying, I think City will win back-to-back titles. They have a stable, talented pool of young players compared to the likes of Man United and Liverpool, says Saraga. Khalifa Sanyang in China agrees, but because of the coach rather than the players. I think Man City will win it simply because they have the best manager in the world in Pep Guardiola, says Khalifa. Biswek and Jaqua in Malawi also goes for the Sky Blues. It'll be another interesting season looking at how teams are beefing up their squads, says Biswek. I believe the likes of Liverpool and Man United will pose a heavy challenge on Man City, but City have the edge to be champions again. We always welcome your voice notes uh, from the Gambia. Here's Alimani Fofane. They are strong teams. They are all competing for the same trophy and see what they have done for the past season. It's very difficult to see Man City are going to run away. They will do well, but for them to win it this year, it cannot be possible. Maybe we are going to see a new team like my team, United or Liverpool, or even Chelsea, or even Arsenal, because they are having a new coach. Right, so a change of champion, says Ali Mami Fofane. And here's the thoughts of Ebrima Kante. I'm going for Liverpool or Manchester City for the league this year. Because Liverpool also, they invest very well. And they are very strong on the Jurgen club. They have a very good manager. But for Chelsea, the only thing I'm going for is the Champions League place. We are back to Champions League. That will be our aim for this season. For United, they are not strong, unlike City and Liverpool. So I'm going for City or Liverpool to win the league. And Manchester, Tottenham and Chelsea to be in top four with Liverpool and Man City. So Ebrima saying Chelsea won't win it, but uh, Patrick Mwamlima in Malawi does go for the dark blues, saying, I go for my team Chelsea, the blue army, says Patrick. Don't laugh at me. I'm a fan, though I know it's going to be a tough season. Indeed, uh, Barnabas Andy in Nigeria goes for another team with a new manager this season. I say Arsenal, says Barnabas, because the mentality is right and the players are fired up to deliver this year. And Hatab in the Gambia agrees, saying Arsenal will take it because they've improved their defence and midfield and they have a new manager. Ishmael Saidu Kanu in Sierra Leone says it's a difficult thing to choose the winner this year, but I believe Manchester United will give Man City a run for their money. And Amadou Jallo in the Gambia agrees. Jose Mourinho knows how to run away with the title. And with the addition of Fred, Man United will win it, says Amadou. Last year they lost the title only because of the number of points they dropped against small teams. But Lamine Yusufa Kol in the Gambia finds it hard to pick a clear winner. This is a tough question to answer, says Lamine. There's a lot of favourite teams in the EPL nowadays. Even Tottenham can do it. But this time I go for Chelsea or Manchester United to lift the title. Thanks for all of those views. Again, sorry if we didn't get time to read out your prediction. Uh, So, Stuart, what's your verdict on this? Uh, What are the chances of the big teams and who do you think will take it? Manchester City was so superior to everyone last season that it seems a no-brainer to say that they will win the league again. But winning the league two years in a row is not easy and you have to go back to 2009 for the last time it happened with Alex Ferguson's Manchester United retaining their title. No one has done it since. 
Lots of astute comments from listeners, and I agree with Clement in Ghana that Liverpool have a great chance and that the signing of Alison Becker, a really solid goalkeeper, could make all the difference. I agree with Lepius and therefore disagree with Patrick, both from Malawi, that uh, Chelsea are not the favourites and that a new manager with no experience of English football and only Jorginho as a major signing doesn't bode well for the Blues. Ishmael said Aikanu in Sierra Leone goes for Manchester United, who are of course second last year. Can Jose Mourinho move them one place up? Well, I think he just might, if only he could exchange that ineffective Paul Pogba, who last season constantly dribbled into blind alleys and passed backwards, for that player, who was a World Cup winner with France and whose creative attacking midfield play was a delight to behold. And his name, yeah, it was also Paul Pogba. You know, if... Mourinho could get Pogba really firing. Manchester United could do something. Whatever the outcome, there's one thing I'm pretty sure of. Manchester City will not win the league by 19 points this year. Yes, hopefully it will be a closer contest this time. And uh, Solomon, let's get your prediction on who's going to take the English Premier League title. So my money would definitely be on Manchester City because they have a strong team, a big team. I feel they would go well ahead of you know any other theme, and also their coach, obviously, a very a coach that is very into details and you know seeking to make you know hopefully make history. But at the same time, Liverpool FC, who have signed quite a good, quite some players, they got a new goalkeeper, which is an area they'd had problem for some time, um, and we will see more of Mohamed Salah. Yumane, Firmino, uh, continuing from where they stopped last season, they're definitely going to give Manchester City a run for their money. But I don't see Manchester United competing up there. I don't see Chelsea, you know, Arsenal really giving them for a, run, a, a run for their money. But this is definitely going to be between Liverpool FC and uh, Manchester City. And at the end of the day, I would love to put my money on Manchester City to retain the crown they won last season. Right. Well, I think Liverpool might challenge, but it's Man City for me. And uh, Stuart, just a quick word on the three teams that have been promoted. That's Wolverhampton Wanderers, Cardiff City and Fulham. What are their chances of staying up? Well, trying to guess which three clubs are most likely to be relegated from the Premier League, a good place to start, I'm afraid, is always the three promoted clubs. Cardiff City were promoted last time to the EPL in 2013. And they were relegated the following season, finishing in bottom place. I struggle to find any reason why it will not happen again. Fulham, in contrast, just eight years ago, finished eighth in the Premier League. They looked a solid Premier League side. Then one bad season in 2014 saw them relegated. And it went from bad to worse because they finished 17th and 20th in the Championship, just avoiding relegation to League One. But they are a team with a strong Premier League background and I would give them an even chance of surviving. Wolves were promoted as champions and it's actually five years since the championship champions went straight back down again. Uh, The last one to do it, well, um, Cardiff City. Now, 
what will the promoter clubs bring to us? Well, a number of African players, for one thing. Wolves have got Alpert Ndai from Senegal, who is on loan from Villarreal in Spain for a second season. They have Roman Saiz uh, from Morocco, who is in his third season with Wolves. And they have a young 20-year-old Nigerian, Bright Enobikari, uh, who made 20 appearances last season, so they obviously have a lot of time for him. Interestingly, Benny Gafobi, the DR Congo striker, who has scored 28 goals for Wolves, is clearly not rated by the current management and is out on loan at Stoke. Cardiff City have got Suleimani Bamba from Cote d'Ivoire in his third season with the club, and uh, they also have Bruno Ikulimanga from Gabon, playing in his fifth season for Cardiff. Now, Fulham have Neskins Cabano from DR Congo, and he's been there for three years, and Jean Serri from Cote d'Ivoire, a big money signing from Nice this year that they'll be hoping for a lot from him. And you know how I love my Togo, and uh, Fulham also have Floyd Ayiti, uh, who's in his third season with the club. Well, so certainly some good African interest there. Thanks very much, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, which do you think was the best signing in this transfer window? There was, as usual, lots of activity in the transfer window in European football. Cristiano Ronaldo's move to Juventus was the biggest of the deals. But which do you think was the best signing in this transfer window? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.